1: Welcome into another Steve Jones show as we wrap up July with you on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sean Carey here, and Steve will be in the Sunbury Motor Studio. Sunbury Motors Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on the Strip Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Lots of ways to get in contact with us. Our email is Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter handle at Steve Jones PSU. You'll find our website as well. SteveJonesShow.com with three months of shows there on the podcast archive page. And also, speaking of the podcast, we invite you to subscribe to that on Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Google Play. After we air the shows live here on WKOK, we can drop them to your smartphone and tablets. You can listen to them anytime, anywhere, and that'll be a great resource for the Penn State football fans as we get ever so closer to starting practice and the 2018 season. Getting getting closer. Looking forward to that. Also looking forward to some Philadelphia sports talk today. Matt Leon from News Radio ten sixty, KYW, Philadelphia. Check in from Philly. Give us uh what's going on the uh within the first week here of Eagles training camp, and we'll talk Phillies as well. Phillies tonight. Six thirty five for on deck, seven hundred ten first pitch on WKOK on ten seventy AM is the Phillies will be visiting Fenway Park for a brief interleague series. Phillies remain in first place in the National League East, leading the Atlanta Braves by one and a half games. But after building a team record seven home runs in the opener last Thursday night in Cincinnati, they stopped hitting, did not pitch, and lost three in a row to the Reds. And now they got to take on the sizzling Red Sox. They have won three in a row thirteen of their last fifteen at Fenway, where they've posted the best home record in the majors at thirty seven and fourteen. David Price eleven and six against Aaron Nola, and Nola's twelve and three with a two point four two ERA. Philly starters allowed eleven earned runs in sixteen and one third innings in the last three games, but Nola's on the bump tonight. Kind of a homecoming tonight for Gabe Kapler. He was a member of the 2004 Red Sox team that ended the franchise's long drought with their first title since 1918, but, of course, that is in the distant past. Phillies will have four games against Boston in a two-week span, tonight and tomorrow in Fenway, and then two games coming up on Tuesday, August 14th, and Wednesday, August 15th at Citizens Bank Park. Boston is as many games as 41 games, about 500, for the first time since 1946. Red Sox, who lost their series opener against the Minnesota Twins, got seven shutout innings from Nathan Iovaldi in his debut with his new team yesterday. J.D. Martinez drove in all three, one, all three runs in the 3-0 win. And that keeps Boston 5.5 up on the Yankees. In the American League East, the Yankees will be in Fenway this weekend. Four-game series starting on Thursday night. It'll be Valdi facing Jay Happ. Happ won his debut with the Yankees yesterday. Took longer than expected, but the New York Jets finally signed quarterback Sam Darnold. Signed the rookie deal earlier today. First round draft pick, four year contract, slotted amount of thirty point two million. That includes a twenty million dollar signing bonus, one of the richest in Jets history. About an hour ago, he emerged from the locker room in uniform, jogged to the practice field, ready to go. Jets statement, we're pleased to have Sam join the team. Yeah, but both are. sides won it all along. We're eager yeah, to get I him bet. on the practice field. No kidding.
2: I I bet they are. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: So that only leaves Roquan Smith as the only unsigned draft pick. Chicago yeah, Bears. yeah, yeah, he was number yeah. number eight overall. Yeah,
2: and his he claims he's holding out over a contract language about being suspended for illegal hits. In other words, he doesn't want to lose pay from his guaranteed contract if he uh, is suspended for an illegal hit yeah no, I just got an invitation today to the Fall sports preview. uh It says here I have to respond by August fifteenth at <laughs> uh, Front Street station.
1: I'll get a text message on the thirteenth from Jamie. Could you have Steve reply back to me, please?
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't make it.
3: <laughs>
2: oh my god. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Hey, now I wanna uh now obviously Service Electric has with a contract in our area here. A lot of the state has Comcast. Do you realize that three of the first four games of the season are either BTN or Fox Sports 1 for Penn State? You realize that?
1: That's right. The only game that does not fit into that would be the, the game out in Pittsburgh, week two. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh,. And Fox Sports one, keep in mind, Fox Sports One is part of this. in other words, if BTN goes, Fox Sports One would go with it. How about that? That's what I mean these are the stakes you're talking about. the talk on radio guys better be even more accurate <laughs> No fear you're good.
1: We're all counting on you.
2: (laughs) Good luck. We're all counting on you. (laughs) Just what I wanted to see Leslie Nielsen at the broadcast door. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Did you imagine
1: that? That would have been some great music last fall during that long delay at the Michigan State game. Play the theme oh. of song to Naked Gun. Oh. I'm just yeah, that was just incredible.
2: Woo! Oh, man. Oh, man. Goodness. that's uh, true a
1: lot of people don't realize that fox owns 51 percent of big ten network majority yeah only. yeah
2: yes and what would happen is this fox sports one would go with it not over the air fox but fox sports one would go with it they both would be off how about that that's where you'd have a problem huge problem or as some people would say, huge. <laughs> Who says it like that? I'm trying to think. But that—I mean—that's what you're looking at. A gigantic problem. Now, Penn State has nothing to do with this. Like, I mean, this is one of those where, where Penn State has no control over this at all. None. Zero. And that's, you know, Penn State benefits every day by having these great TV contracts. Now, this will be one of the ones where you're just kind of, okay, waiting to see how it plays out because. Did they have the contract. And that's what it comes down to. They have the contract. Hmm. But three of the first four, because remember the uh Kent State game's on Fox Sports One and the Illinois game is also on Fox Sports One. I think people have not factored that in. Uh Now, fans are, I mean, I've been stopped more about this issue than anything else. I mean, I have not, I mean, I've been asked, I've been asked fewer questions about linebacker and defensive tackle in the last 10 days than I have about about Comcast and and BTN. And the bottom line is, again, the fact of the matter is as follows. They... The fact of the matter is that they're apart. They're apart to the point where Mark Silverman felt he had to say something at Big Ten Media Day. Okay. Well, they had to say something because that's how far apart they are. That's how far apart they are. Comcast it's obvious Big Ten Network needs Comcast. That's obvious. Okay. That's that's you know, I mean, that's not exactly a groundbreaking statement. They need Comcast. Just the mere financials tell you that Big Ten Network needs Comcast. Lost money. Lost money, first year, no Comcast, no Time Warner. Second year, Time Warner and Comcast both came on. And when they did, Big Ten Network started making money. And that's why BTN needs them and why the Big Ten needs them. Now, why does Comcast need Big Ten Network? So you want to look at the – let's just keep it in Pennsylvania – the Penn State fan and tell them, yeah, the Illinois game, uh, go to a bar, get dish, get uh, Fios. I mean, that's what you're telling them. That's what you're telling them. You are telling the Big Ten fan and the Penn State fan that, uh, again, this is supposed to be all about your customer, okay? your consumer. By the way, your consumer gets no say in this at all. Your consumer get, doesn't get a say in this. But in Pennsylvania, if you were to do a la carte, if you were to do a la carte on the cable instead of bundles, Big Ten Network would make the cut. And the reason Big Ten Network um, would make the cut is not just football and obviously not just men's basketball, but wrestling and volleyball and all the other sports that they carry. What what do you think, ESPN is going to carry the Penn uh, State-Iowa wrestling match? Uh, No, not going to happen. Okay? Okay. Nebraska volleyball against Penn State? I mean, don't think so. But BTM will, and it's a perfect outlet for it to be in. They'll carry it. So each needs the other. Each needs the other. It's not as if Comcast doesn't have a history of dropping. They do have a history of dropping. That's the part that makes people uncomfortable. They already dropped BTN in the 29 non-footprint states. I have no answers to it, because I don't know what the negotiating sticking points are, so I have no answers. But believe me, I'm well aware of it. well aware of it. And I've had a lot of people bring it up to me. And look, it it affects all of us. I want to be able to see games. I mean, obviously I'm not going to sit there and watch Penn State games, but I'll watch uh, because I'm already there. But I want to watch Penn State soccer. I watch volleyball on there. I watch wrestling on there. I watch women's basketball on there. I watch baseball, softball, lacrosse on there. Field hockey. I mean, believe me, I watch them. So it affects me just like you. you It will affect you more because you want to watch football. Obviously, I don't have to worry about that. Last I checked, I was sitting there. All right, we will come back with more in a moment. Maybe I'll wait till like the, like like Comcast and BTN. I'm going to wait till the eleventh hour to respond to (laughs) Jamie on this, uh, on this invitation. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice. It was nice. I was sent an invitation. You You got one this time. Mine says, come meet the suit.
1: (laughs) Mine doesn't say that.
2: (laughs) My understanding is none of them do. (laughs)
3: Hey,
2: I just want to know just something quickly. Uh, um, What's going to happen first? The Seattle Mariners... Making the playoffs or Lewis Hamilton game passed in a Formula One race. We'll come back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay, let's go to Dick and Milton. Hi, Dick.
3: Steve, how are you? This has nothing to do with the juggernaut, which is the Orioles the last four games, but I wanted to ask you this. <laughs> 11 runs a game average. Anyhow, I wanted to ask you a question. Did you say last week this red shirt? I don't understand this red shirting completely. Did you say you thought it was a good thing?
2: Yes, I do think it's a good thing. Because I think it's and, good to give uh, the kids experience, and I think it allows them to get experience on their clock and not be forced to be played early when maybe they're not ready.
3: Well, I mean, I know, I know that part of it. And then the part, there's a part where, like, kids can leave school, like the wrestlers can just leave school almost on their own automatically without even... Consulting anybody, uh, in a sense. You know, in
2: the ra- the, ra- the wrestling transfer rules is different. You can just wrestle right away for anybody. There's no sitting out. So that I means. Well, the thing of gonna... it is, you,
3: only, you can just literally up and leave. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. The, and the, that's, that's a new thing there. Basically, you don't. Know? Well, I guess my thing to that is I, that only makes the strong team stronger, the big schools. Well, yeah, I, that, I think that, in some know, ways in words, it say, does, but team... at the
2: same time, this is meant to be. Um, very um, student athlete friendly. How about that?
3: Well, I guess my point, if it's like a, like a, somebody wrestles like the weight, weight class of Rutherford, to say like, I can go over there and wrestle next year, boom, just like that. Right. And then and that's the thing I don't like like about that. I'm not not saying Penn State. I'm just saying they needed one kid, somebody here somewhere else think I can go over there and wrestle right there right now. And and I guess that's my thing about that. I don't like about that.
2: Well, I it's just like of, the fact it makes that the big
3: schools, it makes the good schools better to me.
2: Yeah, I, but I also think it. Let's take bowl games where you might have a guy not play because they they want to look at their NFL career. It opens the door for a kid to play, which helps them because they're probably ready, and it also makes the bowl game more interesting. All right, Matt Leon, next half hour. Good question. I also got a couple of questions online too.
0: Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones.
2: Okay, great to have you with us. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served this valley for decades, finding their customers the best insurance. You no know, business, you know. You have a small business. You have to have you have to have great insurance. You have to have great insurance. Small business. I know. I grew up in a small business family. I mean, you you want Kevo on here on Fridays to tell you about the insurance he needs for his business? Auto, home, life, business insurance, whatever it may be. Let's go to the professionals. I mean, the real pros, pros. You know, I like you know me. Uh, I am the type, when you sit there and you work with Jack Hammond, Dick Girardi, and Sean Carey, you want to work around and be with the best. Purdy Insurance is the best. They're the pros' pros. Thrilled to be associated with them. All right. Uh, We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Speaking of being thrilled to be associated with, thrilled to be associated with Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Matt Leon in a few moments, but, Sean, let's go to the email. Because I've got, uh, actually, a couple of big email ones. And then oh, this will dovetail on some of what Dick was asking about. Dick's not comfortable with um, freshmen being able to play whatever. Um, basketball and football are really the only ones that make you sit out. I mean, wrestling's I made mean, for years. It's been the Wild West in wrestling. I don't like it here. I'm going to go here see it. Uh... And we are getting away from, and I, I know where Dick's coming from here. We're getting away from, and I, this came up in Williamsport on Thursday night when I spoke. Um, somebody asked about the transfer rule. And they said, whatever happened to loyalty and whatever happened to, you know, waiting your turn and so forth. Because I had started my speech by discussing Tommy Stevens and Miles Sanders. I mean, Tommy Stevens graduated in May. He could go anywhere. He could leave tomorrow. Okay, but he stayed. He stayed. Miles Sanders, five star running back, waiting his turn, stayed. Penn State fans understand that here that's been the norm, but that's not the norm anywhere else. Do you realize that in 2011, 17 grad transfers happened in college football? 17. In 2018, 200 happened. 200. Now, as for freshmen being eligible, I like the the fact that um, they have opened this four-day window, four-game window. Dick is right. Do the rich get richer? Yeah, to a point. To a point, they get richer, uh, but it also might help out schools trying to get themselves on the rise, where they can play guys up to four games and maybe make their club better late in the season because somebody's ready. So, I mean, it does cut both ways. Uh, I like the fact that a guy can be on his own can be on his own clock now, where suddenly, like right around game seven, you know, Bobby might be able to play, might be able to help us. He ain't playing any games yet. Let's let's get him in there for a dozen, fifteen plays. See what he does. You know, which then may dovetail into more playing time. I'm fine with that, and I'm really in favor of in the bowl game. Really in favor of it. You're ready to play by the time the bowl game rolls around. Play. You know, instead of going through the practices, I think it dangles a carrot out there for the young players who are playing that the door is open to play. Instead of like, huh, great. They got green light, yellow light, red light. I got the red light. That's great. All right. you know, and Look, they're 18 years old. What are they thinking? They've had success at every single level of their life career to that point. Now this opens the door like, hey, look, you keep working. Hey, game five, you might get in there. Game nine, you might get in there. Bowl game, you might get in there. That part I like. Okay, this email is from Matt. Uh, Matt sent me the email this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Steve, I'm just curious if something has changed since last year because I thought the training camp started a week earlier than it's scheduled for this year. I thought they started at the end of the same week of the Big Ten Media Days. Also curious if it has anything to do with freshmen being allowed to play four games. Thanks, Matt. Matt, it does not have anything to do with any one of those. What happened was last year, as you recall, it was, what, July 31 last year? The training camp began. And what they did was they eliminated 2 days And in Penn State's case, there were three days I think, altogether. Cause, you know, so all they did was they took those practices and they tacked them on to the beginning of camp. So... They took all the two-a-days where they still allowed you to have those practices, but you they were in one-a-days at the beginning of camp, so they started camp earlier. Well, anybody who was sitting there going through and watching it last year, and I watched, I think I missed two days of camp the whole year, maybe one. Maybe one day I missed. You realized that at one point that, okay, this is going on for a long time. And I was never in favor of them tacking the days onto the beginning. I was in favor of them starting on a normal start date and just not having the the because the extra practices sometimes the extra practices, I kid you not, were okay, we're gonna go bowling. That counts as a practice. It's a team activity. I remember Bill O'Brien one time, Fitzy took them out behind Medler Field, they played paintball one night. It counted. As a practice. All right, so you already had people getting around it anyway. So why bother tacking them on at the beginning? Normal start date, Friday, go from there. So that's that's what they've done, Matt. They they took out the uh, additional practices from two days that were tacked on to the front of last year's practice regiment. They just took those out completely and just started on on what would be the normal start date. So that is so it has nothing to do with freshmen being allowed to play. Uh, and the reason they took them out is that, you know what, everybody pretty much agreed. Last year's training camp across the board in the country was too long because they put the practices on at the beginning. Uh, next question came from Derek uh, in State College. Long-time listener. Caught part of your show regarding lack of conference game con- consistency among Power 5 conferences. Can't agree more. I think I'll end it at that point. I feel pretty good about the email so far, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to hear all of it, Derek, and I wish I had time to call in to contribute to what they uh, may already covered what compounds this issue that many people don't even consider is the fact that two of the power five conferences the ACC and the SEC not only play four non conference games but nearly every team, if not all, plays an FCS opponent as part of their four game non conference schedule Derek's right all right this year those two conferences played and combined a t- 29 games against FCS teams. SEC plays 15, ACC 14. The other three Power 5 conferences total 19 between to the Pac-12, Big 12 and Big 10. The Big 10 by the way is playing two FCS teams total. Florida State is playing two FCS games this year alone due to one of their opponents shifting from FBS to FCS. Can't help that. Uh it's, It's a longer email than this, but he's absolutely right. Uh, Look, Alabama gets the benefit of the doubt more often than not. I mean, think about this Alabama has won two national titles in which they were neither a divisional champ or a conference champion. You realize that? Alabama has won two national titles in which they were neither the division champ nor the conference champion. Including this past year. Alabama was not the winner of the West. Auburn was. Which, of course, means Alabama didn't compete for the SEC championship. Auburn did. Lost to Georgia. But Alabama got the benefit of the doubt and again played Mercer the weekend before the Auburn game. And ESPN Game Day laughs this stuff off. They see, ESPN Game Day seems to take everything so seriously all the time until Clemson plays Citadel and Alabama plays Mercer, and they're like, oh, well, okay? Nice guardians of college football you are. Those games should not be played at that time of the year. They should not be played in the thick of a pennant race down the stretch. Shouldn't be played. That's not who you schedule, down the stretch in a pennant race. It's up to the college football playoff committee to dock them for playing the game. Dock them for playing the game. Knock them down two spots the next week. Oh, hey, shouldn't have scheduled them. Tell them straight out you shouldn't have scheduled them. Okay, so instead of instead of third, you're now fifth. All right. Lay it out. Lay it out. Every Power Five team, if you do not, if you do not have nine conference games, okay. Every Power Five team should be playing a minimum of ten Power Five teams on the on the during the course of the regular season. For the Big Ten, Pac-12, Big Twelve, that means scheduling one non-conference Power Five team. If you're the SEC and the ACC, better find two. But if you don't have 10 power five teams on on your schedule, you will pay you'll, there'll be a, a price to pay in the standings. Just my opinion. Suddenly you might see the SEC and the ACC going to nine conference games. All right Matt Leon joins us KYw in Philadelphia. Hello Matt great to have you with us
4: just happy to be here sir
2: <laughs> just happy to help the club all right <laughs> let's uh, get to the eagles i i don't know if i've ever seen a less drama free off season for a super bowl or world champion in anything than what we saw with, with the eagles would that be fair
4: no well, i agree i think uh, the only drama they had was the white house issue uh, but other than that, as far as, you know, holdouts, contracts, stuff like that, there were some personnel changes, which is to be expected, uh, no matter how much success you had. But, uh, no, I think it all went according to plan. It probably couldn't have gone much better uh, if you were the Eagles front office.
2: How much does it help the organization that Nick Foles has the attitude he has?
4: Oh, I think it's a it, it's a, it, it saves everything because you could see – uh, if he didn't have the attitude that he has, that could become a very tricky and dicey situation, uh, very quickly because they've obviously gone all in and rightfully so with Wentz, but, uh, what Foles did last year justifies attention and really justifies playing time. And it could be, could easily have been something that if he forced uh, his issue, he either wouldn't be here anymore or would be a very uncomfortable, uh, beginning of training camp. But, uh, the exact opposite has been true.
2: Which then brings us to Carson Wentz. Wentz had some good opening workouts last week where, look, he's he's not telling anybody he's 100%. He can't do that. But at the same time, uh, Doug Peterson is extremely cautious about all of this. Is there any pressure at all on the Eagles to even have him play it down in the preseason?
4: No, not at all. I don't, he's got nothing to prove, uh, I think. If he could be ready... For week one that would be great uh, I think that's possible I didn't a few months ago I think he's ahead of schedule in the way he looks I think it's possible uh, but I I don't even think that's necessary because you have Nick Foles and you can afford to wait until he is absolutely ready but no, no pressure to even get him a series of downs Uh, here in the preseason. I think they they know what they have, and the main concern is just to make sure that that knee is stable, healthy, and ready to go.
2: He is not the only guy that had to sit out the Super Bowl with a season-ending injury. There are others. How have they fared so far in trying to get back on the field?
4: Um, Everybody is is on schedule. Guys like Jason Peters, who I think some people thought when he got hurt last year that it might be the end of the road, but uh, he is back. Uh, there are a handful of guys who had like off-season surgery after the Super Bowl. They had played through injury. Uh, guys like Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Graham, uh, that started on the pup, but they can be activated at any time. I don't think there's any concern big picture, uh, but uh, all signs are are go right now uh, as far as this team health wise, uh, and it, you know if they can get back the guys, some of the guys they had. To, that missed uh, their Super Bowl run, uh, there's a possibility, even as defending Super Bowl champs, they could be even better this year.
2: Okay. Uh, when you look at the preseason, what are a couple of areas that you think the Eagles will take a long, hard look at to make sure they're even better coming up for the upcoming year?
4: I think linebacker is one. Yeah. If there was a, a place I had to point to that's, uh, I don't even know if I want to say weakness, but the the, the shakiest position as far as uh, quality of the starters combined with depth it would probably be linebacker uh i think they've got to figure out some things at cornerback i think they've got the talent they've just kind of got to figure who's going to be that nickel guy uh who's going to start on the outside uh you know i think your offensive line is pretty well set uh your running backs yeah you don't have Legara blunt anymore but you do have jay ajayi at full strength and Corey clement i think his postseason run kind of a. uh moved him up on the depth chart and could see him take a, a bigger role uh, i think you got to feel pretty good i think mike wallace over tory smith at the wide receiver positions a little bit of an upgrade uh they're loaded at tight end with zach ertz in the back and the rookie top draft pick dallas goddard uh this is a team that's not just good but you really go across the board a lot of places they can roll in two separate defensive lines and, uh, you feel pretty good about it. Maybe could use a little more depth at defensive tackle only because Timmy Jernigan's a uh, kind of a question mark right now after he got hurt weightlifting in the offseason. You don't quite know when he's going to be coming back and it might not be till uh, midway through the season or so but uh, they're in a good spot. I mean, the NFL, things can change on a dime, and things that look great in July can look disastrous in October. But I think uh, between their talent, uh, between the the kind of offseason they had, even as a defending champ where there wasn't drama, and uh, their depth, uh, they're in a really good spot right now.
2: It's interesting because uh, one of the guys that pushed really hard for them to draft Dallas Goddard was Carson Wentz, the North Dakota State guy wanted them to draft the South Dakota State guy.
4: Yeah, and he's been everything you thought he could be. I mean, they're gonna—they did had a lot of—they uh, were dangerous last year with Trey Burton as that number two tight end. Yeah, and uh, I think they're going to do a lot of interesting things with with Ertz and Goddard. I think it's going to be fun to watch.
2: All right, let's get to the Phillies now. The Phillies get the Red Sox the next two games to so the split series, two at Fenway, and then I think, what, next week or the week after, they got two in Philadelphia. So I got the Red Sox tonight. Now, the good news is they will not see Chris Sale, and they will not see Rick Porcello. So they'll actually have a chance to score some runs. Uh, but they didn't really give a great account of themselves in Cincinnati. What were a couple of the problems?
4: Um, I mean, They didn't score. They, only had, they, they had seven home runs in the first game that they won on Thursday night, and then they scored six runs total the next three games. Uh, we have seen this kind of with the offense where it kind of goes through a, a little bit of a dry spell. I frankly just think this is kind of ebb and flow of the season, yeah. and they just had a poor weekend of poor execution. Uh, because it was not that they weren't getting opportunities to score, they just weren't getting the big hit to break innings open or to to, to get runs home. Uh, you know, I it was ugly and you didn't like to watch it. It was uh, frustrating to watch, but I don't think it's anything to be concerned with big picture. Uh, I just think it they happened to play a poor weekend of baseball and they just happened to do it against a, a last place team, which kind of exaggerates it. But I remember the team, you know, with Roy Halliday, Cliff Lee, in an August pennant race, got swept at home by a terrible Astros team. Right. Those Phillies teams those Phillies teams that won five straight division titles you know they they would always struggle against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh when the Pirates weren't very good so this type of thing happens doesn't excuse it but I think it's more of just a blip on the radar and I would be surprised if it carried over up uh, into Fenway uh,
2: the uh, as Drupal Cabrera adding him in what does that do for the infield for the Phillies
4: uh, it gives them depth. It gives them uh, the opportunity to maybe not have to milk as many at-bats out of Scott Kingery as they had, who's been uh, up and down to probably be the most gracious here as a rookie. Uh I think Cabrera is a professional hitter. Uh, can hit the ball out of the ballpark and play all over the infield. I think it's a really good, a really good add by the Phillies. I think it it lengthens the lineup, and the, the most important thing is that they don't have to face him anymore because that guy absolutely killed. Phillies pitching. I think he hit something like 9-12 against the Phillies in his career with the Mets. So uh, it's nice to have him on this side instead of uh, facing him. But I think that, that's a good move, and I think it sends a message that the front office believes they uh, they are not just building for the future, but they think they can win now.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because Newcomb carried the no-hitter into the ninth inning for the Braves. The Braves had not played well in three weeks. I think they're, what, 6-13 in their, six and 13 in their last 19. Mm-hmm. So the Phillies have been helped out by the fact that the alleged pursuers aren't pursuing.
4: Yeah, I mean Washington has just had one of those years where it just has never gotten started. You know, they're they're just all the pistons aren't firing. Braves have been a great story, a lot like the Phillies. This is really the first extended run I think for the Braves this year, where they have been really inconsistent. Uh, and you know, it's what are you maybe the Phillies dodged a bit of a bullet this weekend in Cincinnati. You do lose those three games, you lose in ugly fashion, you lose to a bad team. And you still come out alone in first place with a game-and-a-half cushion. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think they're going to be okay. Uh, I do, like I said, I don't think everybody, I think, keeps waiting for Washington to start closing on the outside. I don't think they're really built for that. I think they might uh, actually make a couple of trades here at the deadline that might signal it the other way. Uh, and then it'll be come down to the, to the Phillies and the Braves, and it'll be fun to watch two young teams who haven't been there in a few years uh, battle for it down the stretch.
2: And then there's the next part. There are three or four relief pitchers that might still be on the market. Would the Phillies be interested in any of them?
4: I think so. I think you can never have enough bullpen arms. Uh, The bullpen's been a work in progress for the Phillies uh, this year. It's been better since the promotion of Sir Anthony Dominguez, who's been really good as kind of Gabe Kapler's silver bullet in the late innings. Uh, I think what what would be great, and this is probably easier said than done, but... uh, You know, if they could get a a guy earlier, they were in the mix with uh, Zach Britton. If they could get somebody like that, that could kind of be the ninth inning guy, and then they could use Dominguez, you know, in a high leverage situation throughout a game and still have a quality, competent uh, late-game arm that's used to getting the final three outs. I think that would really uh, make things better in the bullpen. But I think the return of Pat Neshek from injury has helped a lot. And all of a sudden, the bullpen is not the liability it was, say, six, seven weeks ago when it was really kind of uh, close
0: your eyes and hope for the
4: best.
2: Always uh, great to have you with us, my friend. Thanks
4: for having me.
0: Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.